Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I love LinkedIn because you get to meet some really freaking cool people. And our guest today is one of those freaking cool people. Uh, And I didn't actually know a lot about him until he really burst onto my radar about a year and a half ago when he connected with Kirk, my business partner, a frequent guest, obviously, on the show. His name is Derek Notman. He's a virtual advisor and the founder of Connector. But what he is bringing to the marketplace, I believe, is so fundamentally unique and different and shaking up the way that advisors truly view the way that they can have a practice and a life. I was really excited to get him on the show and find out a little bit more about what makes him tick and what he can help you all with. So, Derek, welcome to the show. Stoked to be here, Matt. Thanks a ton for having me. I'm looking forward to having a fun chat here. So let's talk about your journey here. So this is fascinating to me, but I want you to tell the story from the time that you had an epiphany that you wanted to actually be a financial services professional. What has been like this journey and this transition and some of the epiphanies you had along the way? Massive journey. It's, 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 it's funny to look back at what I was doing 15 years ago to now. I didn't know how to spell investments, retirement plan. I was so naive to the industry when I started. I mean, I, I was supposed to be Indiana Jones. That didn't work out. And I ended up working with at-risk youth. And I learned a ton about myself and about helping people, but I didn't have any idea about how this whole other world works. So I just I did what I was taught and did it blindly and made some good money, but it kind of sucked the life out of me at the same time. I think there's a couple revelations. One was like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to run a, a practice in the 21st century. Our industry is so stuck in the past. And I think that's probably one of the biggest ones that led to a lot of smaller revelations on how to do things better and differently than we used to do. I mean, unfortunately, we're still taught most of the time how to. A friend of mine I was just on a uh, phone call with this week, he said to me, Matt, we need to stop marketing like it's the 1900s. Yes. Derek, when my kids say that, it like stings a little bit. Of course, I was, I am in 1900s, but it's really powerful now, right? We still have huge financial services firms, financial advisors, product purveyors, all of this stuff who are still thinking that it's, you know, 1990 and we are well, well, well past that. We are well past it. And I think the stems, though, is that the majority of the financial advice industry, it's not actually advice driven. It's product distribution driven. Okay, and so when you're distributing a product versus a service, there has to be a different way of doing that. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just the way it's always been done. But there has, well, in my opinion, there has to be a shift because of one one reason only, actually. The consumer wants it differently. Huh. Know your customer, know what the consumer wants. And I don't know anyone that wants to be pitched life insurance or whatever over the phone or across the kitchen table at six o'clock at night anymore. The world has changed. So we should probably update the way that we're marketing what we do. Yeah. 
the industry that I have found that has had the two industries in financial services that have been the most resistant to change, which would be annuities, or I should say insured products, and then the broker model, right? I mean, you still have people who they're title on their LinkedIn profiles, broker. I mean, who wants a broker, right? I want a financial services professional that probably does offer some of these different products that you're referring to, but I don't want somebody to lead with product. I want somebody to lead with what is most important to me. How do you teach advisors? Because this connector system and you're, I mean, dude, you have a huge, I'm preaching to the choir, you have a huge LinkedIn following. People hang on your words about how to do client service in this virtual world. What are you seeing from all of that? right now yeah that this there's been this shift in what the advisors want as well i have to quote my friend adam holt i'm wearing his hat right now as you can see he he's coined the leading with advice term if you will and that's been the shift it's it's not leading with product and there are a ton of great products out there that have their place and they are good solutions but we shouldn't be leading with those as in like hey everybody needs this widget so you should buy this widget Right. People, the consumer wants a more comprehensive manner. Like, you know, we have, we've have these generations that are looking more for like experiences, right? Purchasing a product for product's sake is not really an experience, but when you go through a planning or advice process, now it becomes an experience. And if that's what the consumer wants, well, we probably should do that. Yeah. I want to rewind to something you said right at the top of the show, which is that for a while you worked at work with at-risk youth and you learned a lot about yourself. You have to elaborate on that. Yeah. I can't let you go and just, uh, that's fine, like yeah. that, dude. So I, I was wet behind the ears when I started there. I actually hadn't even graduated college yet. I was, I was a couple months from graduation. I was working on a team of, of counselors at a residential treatment center. And the team I was working on was a, uh, a group of teenage boys, 13 or so to 17. And these were drug dealers, rapists, murderers, you name it, really tough kids. And in order to help them, I really had to figure out who I was and get comfortable with who I am in my own skin. And, and then I'd be able to really learn what's truly bothering and important to them so we could connect on a human level. It was so important. I mean, there were some tough days, you know, I mean, like, Lots of physical altercations, scary situations. The pay was awful. The hours were worse. But it taught me about just being a human, an adult, and interacting with other people. And that people just, most people, even these kids, like they came from bad situations and they just, they wanted to be happy, but they didn't know how. They needed help. They needed guidance. And that's, that's what we were there to do. And you've brought that into this model that you've created for financial services professionals. Let's talk about that model. Tell me about Connector. Tell everybody what the heck it is and why it's so necessary. Connector is the 21st century way to become and grow your financial advisory practice. That's what it is. It's all things cutting edge, modern, fresh, new, better, different, however you want to coin it. The industry stuck in 1985. And it, it, there's a number of reasons that for that, but at the end of the day, like there's this new group, this next gen group of advisors that just wants help to do things better and different. And one of the issues I've always had with our industry is that we're taught to help our clients realize their hopes, dreams, and goals through this thing we call money, right? We help them with that. But what we're not told and taught in the traditional sense, at least, is that we have to put our lives as advisors on hold to do it. I'm like, so is work until nine o'clock at night 
really the right thing is putting my life on hold and not pursuing my passions really the right thing i'm going to burn out eventually there's got to be a better way to build a business and that's what connector helps advisors do to build this awesome thriving business that's mutually beneficial to the client and the advisor we you and i have already talked about this and you talk about this a lot when you're interacting with people on linkedin but what is the number one key to success in really becoming this next gen advisor but i just i guess i'll leave it there i will see what you have to say boy that that's an interesting question because i don't know if it's just one thing i think there's a if it's one thing it's understanding there's a ton of things nice um, okay and here's an analogy I like to use with advisors is that most advisors have in their mind this vision of a dream practice. And I equate that to like their dream house, right? And they have this vision, but then they go from the vision and then they go straight to buying high-end fixtures for the master bathroom. They forgot to hire an architect. They forgot to get a blueprint. They forgot to break ground and put a foundation in. And if you forget all of those things, then those high-end fixtures don't mean squat. So I think that you have to realize as an advisor, there are a lot of things pulling at us in different directions, but at the end of the day, we are business owners. And that means there's a lot of responsibility and we have to build this thing. And I think that the challenge or the mindset shift that needs to happen is that when we are a product-driven industry, which we have been forever, well, there's only one thing we have to do. We have to sell products. Well, we're not in that world anymore. That world has shifted. And so now when we're process and advice driven, well, we have to position ourselves and our businesses to take advantage of that. I think at the end, that's what it really comes down to. As a recovering financial services business coaching, one of the biggest things that drove me crazy was how many advisors grew by default, not by design, right? They, they didn't plan for themselves as they aggressively tell their clients to stick to the budget and stick to the plan, stick to the plan. Hey, doesn't don't pay attention to what's going on in the market right now because we've got that taken care of, right? Long view, all of those things. But when they look in the mirror, it's like they miss all of that. It just goes right over their head. How do you give them the proverbial smacking around to make them realize how important this is? Well, I, I think actually it's it's not so much of a smack, but it's giving them permission to be a bit selfish, actually. Hmm. I fly. I'm a frequent flyer. I've got over a million miles on Delta. I love to travel. One of the things you always hear on the flight, it's like, I just got off a flight yesterday, is put your oxygen mask on first before assisting someone else if there's an emergency. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, how are you going to help anybody else? So in Connector, we talk a lot about setting this right foundation about getting super clear on who is the advisor, what are their hopes, dreams, and goals for the future? What's their why? Because once you figure that out and you get really crystal clear on it, it drives your brand, your marketing, your messaging, your processes, everything else. It actually becomes pretty simple. So I think giving advisors permission to say, hey, you know what, take a step back, realize that there's more to this than just pushing a product. It's okay to be selfish. It's okay to take some time off for yourself and your family. Let's figure out how to build an awesome business around that. What is your why as a financial advisor and also as the founder of Connector? Well, as a financial advisor, I want to empower my clients to, to just keep doing what they're doing. They're, they're, they're CEOs, they're C-suite executives who love to travel. They appreciate the finer things in life. They appreciate mobility. So I want to empower them to continue living that lifestyle while not having to worry about all the stuff day to day. 
As far as advisors go, I want to improve the advisor experience. At the end of the day, we improve the advisor experience, we improve the client experience, everybody wins. There's so much talk around helping advisors, but that help really centers around how do you do digital marketing, how do you do all these other things, which are all really important. Let's go back a step further. Let's make sure that that advisor's a rock star. Let's empower them, let's make them happy because if they're super stoked to go to work every day, then the rest of it actually takes care of itself. Sure. Now let's dive into Connector just a little bit more deeply, if you don't mind. So uh, there are categorizations or categories that you have that you help advisors. Yes, it's the whole practice, but I think what's neat is you've actually broken down some of the major components of decisions that they have to make in order to become this 21st century advisor. Could you talk about some of those, please? Yeah, it's it really is a systematic approach to building a practice. And we start, as I talked about previously, about that foundation. And once you have that foundation set, that why you figure out who your ideal client is, and we have exercises around that. But then we also talk about infrastructure. And there's a couple types of infrastructure. You have to have physical infrastructure. Do you have the right mic and webcam? Right? Do you have the right computer setup, the monitors? What's your background look like? If you have a bad physical setup, you will. I mean, we just always talk about Zoom fatigue. I don't get tired of being at my computer for 10 hours a day because I've got a great setup where I'm comfortable. If you're hunched over looking at a laptop all day, it's going to be awful. It's a no wonder you're going to get burned out. So I think that's important infrastructure, but then also digital infrastructure. Do you have all your digital assets in place? Social media, email, website, blogging, podcasting. YouTube, you name it, all the different things out there. you got to have that infrastructure is different than marketing because once you have these things set up, then you actually have to do the things you need to do to be really good at digital marketing. So we focus a ton on digital marketing best practices, how to get things set up correctly, and then some even some advanced techniques in there. We help advisors figure out how to run their virtual sales process, how to build a virtual support team if that's what they're looking for, how to think about and deal with compliance, tech stack. I mean, the list goes on. It's all these different silos that tend to be siloed. We bring them all together in a connected, pun intended, fashion, right, to really help them build this practice that's cohesive in nature. Do you think this has been accelerated because of COVID, the idea of advisors don't have to have 4,000 square foot solid oak office with the fireplace and conference rooms? Very quickly, one of my really good friends here in, in town is, is an advisor. He's spending like $50,000 a year on office space. And I'm like, and he's like, Matt, I love meeting with people face to face. And I'm like, I totally get that. I get it there. He, he's a person who likes to shake people's hands and be in their presence. But I said, that doesn't have to cost you 50 grand, dude. Let's talk about the transition to virtual. What are some of the pitfalls that you have seen and therefore that you have addressed in Connector specifically? I think that's great. Um, I did get lucky with my timing with Connector and COVID. We launched about three, two, three months before COVID was on the radar. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, talk about timing. You talk about pitfalls, and I think that some of the expect these the standards, if you will, that have been around forever, like having fifty thousand dollars a year in office rent, right? That's actually a pitfall. A pitfall is having multiple in-house staff. A pitfall is doing traditional marketing like cold calling and all of those things. It's updating the mindset to say, hey, there's a better way. And I think most advisors would rather be taught how to fish than just given a fish. 
So they needed to know how to do these things. Like, okay, great. I don't want to have an expensive office. Fine. I, I buy that, right? But how do I set up this other thing that you're talking about? Show me. So it really comes down to like, I think most advisors agree that there are better ways to do things, but they need that roadmap, that blueprint on how to do them. And honestly, I think moving forward is we're kind of getting back to somewhat of a normal global situation here is that we're going to be more of a hybrid model is that a lot of advisors will find that sweet spot where they might have a physical presence, but maybe it's a smaller office with just enough to get by and then doing a lot more stuff online. I think there's this old guard of advisors that's just waiting for things to get back to normal. It's not happening. Even if they wanted to, it's not happening. The consumer wants to do things differently. We do everything else online in our lives. Why wouldn't we do this? At least part of the time. The biggest mindset, I think, or the biggest pitfall is mindset. I think is what it boils down to. And that has to evolve like the rest of the world has. Okay. Well, this is the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, and you opened up the can of worms to talk about you have to have the infrastructure in place in order to communicate effectively. And then part of that communication is marketing. What are you seeing that works the most effectively in the people who are involved in Connector and in your practice specifically to get the attention of that ideal client that you help people figure out? That's multifaceted. So one is knowing who your ideal client is as my friend dave bruno says it's, it can't be just guys with jobs <laughs> okay but it doesn't work that's way too bland so you have to know who you're speaking to and it, once you get crystal clear on that then you can use that to drive the rest of your marketing messaging and you guys have done that at, at your proud mouth right there you guys know who your audience is and then you're marketing there so you have to know that you have to be active. You actually have to go do this. Like I use the analogy, like you wouldn't go to a cocktail party and be the creepy guy or girl by the fake plant in the corner, just looking at everybody. Right. So don't be that creeper online. That's not what people want. And don't hire someone else to be that creeper for you. Right. You wouldn't hire someone to go to a cocktail party for you. Um, so it's the same thing online. You actually have to be out there and be active. And I know some advisors are like, well, my company doesn't let me do this or do that. They're going to let you do something, figure out what that something is, and then do that. Like be original. Don't be spammy. Do your thing. Because if you don't, then it's, well, I mean, <laughs> you're never going to get any attention. Yeah. That's what I found. I mean, we talked about my, my I mean, I, I wouldn't call myself having a massive following, but I've grown a pretty good following. That's all because I was just out there being me, talking, putting my thoughts out there, and it resonated with people. Sure. Well, I think that there's going to be a reckoning, and that reckoning is going to be happening sooner rather than later, of advisors who are just so tired of compliance telling them that they can't do something that, by the way, the regulation says that you can. I'm just going to be abundantly clear there, everybody. I am one of the nerds who have read FINRA's report and the new SEC guidelines. You are allowed to be there. You're allowed to communicate. You're even allowed to use some sort of a testimonial, which I'm not going to get into today, but you're able to do a lot of these things, especially if you're an RIA. So there's going to be a massive shift. I think there's going to be a lot of advisors who are like, you know what? Compliance is great up until there's a problem and then they hang me out to dry, right? We know that's just the reality of uh, the broker-dealer world. I'm not saying all of them do that, but unfortunately that does happen. Now, you have to do, I love how you said you have to do what you're allowed to do. And a lot of advisors, Derek, man, they just throw their hands up in the air. They're like, man, screw it. I can't do anything. So I'm going to go back to what I know, which is picking up the phone, making phone calls. Yeah. I don't know about you, but if somebody calls me, 
I don't usually answer the phone. No, no, we've been getting like a ton of, of spam calls on our landline. Yeah, we still have a landline, by the way. But we've been getting a ton of those calls. We don't answer any of them. And if I see an unknown number on my cell phone, I don't answer that either. So it's all changed. I think reckoning is the right term. We talk about being stuck in 1985. Most of the advisors are of the mindset like, hey, I want to be better at digital marketing, but the compliance departments, and I get it, they're there to protect us, but they're doing this overlay of policy. So we have what the SEC and FINRA have said. They're very, I've read it too. I've nerded out on that stuff. I get it. I know what we can do. Uh, but then you have this overlay of policy, which is different for each company, and they tend to be extremely conservative. Why? I'm not quite sure. I really don't. I think part of it is because literally the people in these compliance departments, they are of an old guard who don't understand digital marketing. They're not active on there. They don't understand what it means to do all these things. So they just default. to ah, I don't get it. I don't like it. It feels weird and new. So I'm going to just say no, or we're going to be so restrictive that it doesn't work. So I think there is a reckoning coming because advisors are pushing more and more like, I need to do this. I can't thrive if you don't let me market. And if you're not going to let me, but this other group is, I'm moving. Yeah. The one thing that always makes me giggle about compliance, and this just happened with the compliance department. I'm the chief compliance officer here at Proudmouth. I'm the one who interacts. Lisa and I both do it, but it's primarily my job because I've already answered all of the questions. I mean, I, very few people throw me a Louie. But one of the things that, that they said was because it is live or because it is out into the internet, it will last forever, right? Which is true and not true entirely. And I know that's everybody's paranoia. What happens if it goes viral? Well, that's not going to happen because you know what? Nobody really goes viral anyway. But the last thing is this compliance department said, well, Matt, we have to look at it so differently than what the advisor says over the phone. And I went back and says, why are you recording those phone calls? Exactly. I can record a phone call, get a transcript like that, right? And I guarantee you, if I went through and what you're saying as an advisor in those phone calls is, I there's probably issues there. It's like it doesn't make sense, or even re- doesn't make sense making them record their meetings. Like, how? What's the difference here? I don't get it. You know, I mean, I. Like I even connector, we say like, don't market about product, don't market about returns, like stay away from some of these things where it could be considered solicitation. And honestly, people don't want you don't want to hear that, that stuff anyways. They're not interested. But other than that, like what's the difference here? So I, I think there needs to be some evolution in the thinking from these compliance departments. They need to get it like more comfortable here. I, how that happens, I don't know. We just got to keep helping them get better, I guess. <laughs> we do that all the time. So anybody who's listening to this who wants to have somebody talk to their compliance department, I'm more than happy to do that just because I, I think it's our personal responsibility as a purveyor of creating a digital footprint for people to, so that compliance can understand it. Who should reach out to you from a connector standpoint, right? Let's talk about that. Who are you having the most success with? And if somebody's listening to this and like, okay, I totally want to bring my practice this way. I'd like to have a better life balance. I'd like to have a better quality of life. I don't want to have to manage all of these people that are in my firm. I'd like to be able to do some of that virtually. Who should reach out to you? Everyone that you just talked about that would say yes to the things you just said. (laughs) That's awesome. There you go. Uh, This is a paid advertisement, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Talk about that a little bit. That's what's beautiful about Connectors. We've got a community now um, in four different countries. We've got in the States, Canada, South Africa, and India. We're growing fast. And they're ranging in age from, I think, the youngest is 23, 24, up to over 70, male and female. 
right? So they're really across the board and everyone from captive BD advisors or agents to fully independent RIAs. And I think it's really for people who are, are frustrated and looking for a better way. They're tired of the old solutions. They're tired of the old ways of doing business. And they just want a fresh, modern approach to building an awesome business and living an awesome life. And that can mean different things to different people, right? So that's why we're so comprehensive in nature. Gotcha. What is the best way for people to reach out to you? Email and LinkedIn. I'm very, as you pointed out, very active on LinkedIn. So follow me there, send me a DM. It's me. You're going to hear from me. It's not someone else doing that stuff, right? <laughs> I, I walk the talk, okay? But yeah, just reach out. Just let me know what's on your mind. Go to the website. Down, I've got a ton of eBooks that people can read and just get to know me without having to be bugged by me, right? <laughs> so they can just get to know me slowly. You know that whole digital marketing thing you talked about? Like, well, I, I'm living that too. I'm doing that. It's proof positive this stuff works. Well, and Derek, people are able to build, and I, I felt like I've had a relationship with you for a while, and this is the second time we've ever actually talked, maybe third, face-to-face, -face, even though that this is virtually, you're in Southern California and I'm in Michigan, right? I love the idea of people being able to experience you, what you do, how you do it, at their convenience, right? And I think that what advisors need to understand is, so that's the way that you promote Connector, but it's also how you promote your financial services firm so that people can opt in to working with you. How long, let's go brass tacks here, how long did it take you to go from brick and mortar, handshake kissing babies to virtual guy all over the world, meeting with clients, no matter if you're surfing in South Africa or hanging out in India with some new people, how long did that take for that momentum to, to pick up? So for me, it took a long time. I started that back in 2013. Okay. okay. So way ahead of the party. And when I did it, there was no roadmap, no blueprint. There were very few advisors that had done it. And the ones that had were just kind of doing their own thing. And there were a couple that I was able to get a couple conversations with, shoot the ship for 20 minutes and get a few you know, free nuggets, but that was it. So it took me a couple of years. That was one of the revelations I had with Connector is that initially, pretty much everyone said, yeah, Derek, that's never going to work. Yeah, sorry, nah, can't do stuff online. Good luck with that, but it ain't going to happen. I don't like being told I can't do something. <laughs> so I did it, and it took me a while to figure it out. And then I had a whole bunch of these same people saying, well, how are you doing that? What do you mean you're able to make money and not have to have an office and all this stuff. And so that was kind of the impetus to say, man, maybe there's something here. Maybe I can help advisors do what I did, but do it a heck of a lot faster. Because if I'm an advisor looking to make a transition, whether I'm brand new or I've been in it for 20 years and I want to do something better, if you're telling me it's going to take me two to three years, eh, nah, not interested. That's too long of a runway for me. But if you tell me I can do it in four, five, six months, now I'm listening. Now I know that there's some traction here. And so that, that's what I helped. That's what really was my motivation and inspiration for Connector was to figure out a better way so they didn't have to do all the stuff I did wrong, right? Because I learned, I did a lot of things wrong when I was trying to figure all this stuff out. You and I are cut from the same cloth there and Kirk too, because uh, we made all of the mistakes uh, for <laughs> podcasting and social media you could probably ever think of. One of the reasons why I, I love what you guys do is because you have found a way to accelerate 
their ability to implement this into your practice. And we here at Proudmouth are the influence accelerators, right? Our goal is to try to make it so that it doesn't take you three years, which by the way, is what it usually takes somebody to go from nothing to an influencer and really turn that into nine to 12 months where people start knowing who you are, what you do, why you do it, and why it's fundamentally unique. Was there anything I should have asked you I didn't? Oh, man, I think we hit it. Unless we want to talk surf spots. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> see, I'm in Michigan now, and I don't think you want to come surfing here. So the only time you can surf in Michigan is in the winter. And uh, you should see the hardcore dry suits, ice on their beards, oh, you know, man. people surfing. But they're nice waves, man. They're really nice. There's some good waves. So I don't know if you know, we're totally on a tangent here, but have you heard of the movie Step Into Liquid? Uh-uh. Okay, it's over 20 years old. Go rent it. Okay. Step into liquid. But there's a scene there. So, you know, like home right now is Madison, Wisconsin for me. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. There's a group of surfers that surfs there, man. And you got to check them out. It's about as Midwest as you get. But it's, yes, yeah, so you can catch some waves. <laughs> well, if you have a longboard here in Michigan on a windy day, you can catch three to fives with no problem. But they're not spaced very well. It's kind of tight. But, you know, there's lots of other places that you can go ahead and surf. And see, here's the fun part, everybody. What Derek has built and can help you build with Connector is a virtual lifestyle so that if you want to go experience something new so that you're truly living the life that you deserve, you can still run a, a very successful business. Proudmouth, we are entirely virtual. We have been since the beginning. We're able to do our job from just about anywhere. Now, yes, my cockpit that I'm sitting in now is my preferred place to work. But you know, with a Microsoft Surface tablet and a microphone, dude, I can do pretty much what I want to do wherever I want to do it. So with that, everybody, Please, please, please check out the show notes. Follow Derek on LinkedIn. We're going to make sure that we have a link to your profile in the show notes. We're also going to have a link to the Connector website because it is not spelled like normal people would spell anything. It's probably just because of a URL issue, right? But I love how you spelled it and it's memorable and wonderful. It is actually spelled C-O-N-N-E-Q-T-O-R. And we'll make sure that we have uh, that in our show notes too. So Derek, thanks for being a freaking awesome guest, man. And I look forward to continuing to work with you in the future. Yeah, rock on, man. Thanks a ton for having me. Great to be here. And thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you're doing well. We'll catch you later. If you want to have a great practice and a great quality of life, Derek has the solution. He really, really does. He is fundamentally changing advisors' lives, right? And those of us who feel like we have the ability to have that impact into a into a a career, into a, a vertical, into a discipline, into a profession like financial services, when we feel that we can make your life better, because a lot of people don't realize how stressful this job is, how much responsibility you have as a financial advisor. And if you could just dial it just a little bit so that you have a better quality of life, spiritually, mentally, physically, professionally, emotionally, Part of what you can do with that is taking control of it and not letting it control you. And I believe that the folks at Connector can help you with that. For Derek and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy, where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.